And we are back with the Glacier Guys podcast. I am your host, Ethan Halesha. And I am Joey Fernandez. My co-host. Um, <laughs> it's been a little while, but we are back. Um, had a long summer. Good summer. I don't think we've done an episode since probably... I think it was May 12th, okay. if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know the exact date. That's pretty <laughs> impressive, honestly. Yeah, I was, just, I was just looking the other day. That's why. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a, it's been a few months. Um, there's been a lot that we have uh, missed. Well, not missed, but haven't talked about on the podcast in the sports world. So Yeah, um, lots to say, lots to say. Yeah. I know we touched on the White Sox um, probably on the last couple episodes, but it was very early in the season. And yeah. um, at this point, I, I don't really think there's any complaints about where the team's at. No, yeah, definitely last time we talked about them. I mean, there were bright spots, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, there was a lot of, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of injuries. I know Eloy was for sure hurt, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if uh, Robert or Madrigal were quite hurt yet, but either way, it was still kind of like... Or who? Who was that last guy you said? Uh... Uh, I mean, uh, R.I.P. to our fallen soldier, <laughs> Nick Madrigal. Uh, we'll we'll get to that yeah. eventually. But uh, <laughs> at that time, he was a part of our team. Yeah, former White Sox legend, <laughs> Nick Madrigal. Yeah. So, I mean, as for now, like, uh, at, like a state of the team, I would say, uh-huh. um, Lance Lynn and Tim Anderson are newly placed on the I.L., mm-hmm. but more precautionary reasons, I'd yeah. say. Uh, Tim Anderson with a hamstring strain and Lance Lynn with... I'm not really... I forget, honestly. It yeah, was, it was something that was kind of like random. Oh, I think it might have been knee inflammation. Yep, right yep, knee yes, inflammation. Yep, 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 yep. So nothing serious. Uh, no. I'm pretty sure if it were October or we were in a pennant race, they'd probably be pitching right now. Mm-hmm. So it's just mostly precautionary and get some other guys some reps. Yeah, anyway. I feel like this has been kind of a nagging injury for Anderson, and they're just kind of... Um, they're just having him take it easy for yeah. now, which is fine. I mean, we have a comfortable 10-game lead yeah. tied for the largest division lead in all of baseball, so it's yeah. like... I'm not worried at all. AL Central Magic number down to 22. Sheesh. Pretty happy to say. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully we could hold on to the, to the division this year, unlike last year. But uh, yeah. th- I'm definitely more comfortable with our team where we're at right now. Yeah. As we're recording this on Wednesday, the 1st of September, uh, Giolito, uh, Lucas Giolito uh, exited his start early last night against mm-hmm. the Pirates yeah. through four and a third. He looked good for the most yeah, part. Yeah, looked pretty solid. Uh, he's been he's been pretty amazing, I would say, since the All-Star break, one of the best pitchers in baseball for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, the season has been pretty solid. He's, he's had some ups and downs, obviously, but mm-hmm. I mean, overall, you can't be really, t- you can't, you can't be too mad at his performance, I yeah, would exactly, say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so... With injuries, obviously, other guys have to step up, and uh, they've done they, just that. Yeah, they get more reps, and uh, there's some, there's some more acquisitions going on today uh, with September call-ups taking place and the IL stints uh, mm-hmm. occurring. So, uh, Danny Mendick was called up. Uh, Gavin Sheets was also called back up. Matt Foster was called back up, and mm-hmm. Billy Hamilton was back from his rehab assignment in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Right. But and, oh, I forgot to mention. Rake Lamb has been designated for assignment. Damn. I don't know if we're ever going to recover from that. To <laughs> had be a good run. Had had some nice moments. No hard feelings. But, <laughs> um, I mean, we got Billy the hitter back. I mean, there's not much more you can say to that, I guess. I right? mean, he is 
he is having the best year of his career. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and he's a great. He's just like I've been preaching this all season. He's <laughs> he's in a fantastic dugout guy to have. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, he was he had that GoPro. I don't know if you saw that video of him <laughs> yeah. with the GoPro at the yeah. Field of Dreams game. It was pretty funny. I, I think say. he talks faster than he runs. <laughs> I mean, dude's just and that's like, saying something. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Um, is Angle? He's what's his situation? Right uh, now? he should be back uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like I said, they're kind of just taking it slow with every injury we got right now because there's no reason to rush back. I mean, yeah. what what is what is a random series against the Pirates really going to mean at this yeah. point? You just kind of got to tread water and try to get hot at the end. And it's not like we're we're too worried about where the Indians are at right now. No, uh, they've been hovering around 500 ever since. I mean, the All Star break. I mm-hmm. guess uh, they haven't really done much. Uh, a lot of their guys have either. I mean. One guy in particular is just baffling, like how bad he's been uh, since the All Star break. Uh, James Karinjek, he's been like literally brutal. Uh, yeah. He he's had eleven percent K rate since the All Star break, which is awful because he was sitting around nearly forty percent before that. Oh my gosh! So uh, I'd say the sticky stuff may have affected him the most. Yeah, but, I mean it's affected a few pitchers, but yeah. Um, with yeah, so uh, the White Sox also had a surprising call up today uh, for. Many reasons. Uh, they called up Romy Gonzalez. I think he's how you say his name. Okay. I'm, I'm not really. Yeah, I didn't sh- even see that. Yeah, he uh, he's a solid prospect in the Sox system, and he's been kind of a, a quick riser uh, throughout the year. He was an 18th round pick in 2018, okay. and uh, he's 24 years old. Uh, he's done well in the minors all year, to be honest with you. He's had uh, an 880 OPS. Oh, and, wow. uh, and uh, he's hitting 275 with a 357 OBP and a 525 slugging. So. Yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, it's really solid. So uh, he's he can play every position, but uh, catcher basically. So mm. uh, he's auditioning himself for the utility role next year. It's in the places of Leori Garcia. So oh, so we're not going to keep him. <laughs> Sadly, I, I'm not too sure about that. He's. Uh, I mean, if not, he's had he's had a. I wouldn't say great run, but he's had a long run here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Yeah. He's. He, I, think I think he's, he's the longest tenured. Yeah. yeah. He he came on the team in 2013. He was still teammates with uh, Paul Canerco at a time. Yeah. He was traded for uh, Alexi, uh, Alex Rios. I don't know what I was gonna Alex say. Alex Rios. Yeah. Alex Rios. Yeah. So that's <laughs> Alex Rios. <man>. Pretty <laughs> so interesting, funny. I'd say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, he uh, he started the year in Birmingham and uh, and kind of just raked everywhere he went. I mm-hmm. mean, he he had an 850 OPS in a tough league in Double A, and then. He had a 1,100 OPS in uh, AAA and a small sample size, I will say. But still, how long was he in AAA for? Nine games only. Okay. But he played 78 and he did well in AA, which is probably harder than AAA. So uh, it's pretty. I'm pretty interested to see how he is on defense and just as in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I've, sure. I've only heard good things about him, so we'll have to see how it goes. But I'm I'm pretty excited. Like, uh, first, I mean. That's probably who I'd prefer to get the reps at shortstop while T.A. is gone because mm-hmm. I just want to see what he's got. You I mean, know? It, especially, at, at like, I'm not going to say games that don't matter, but, like, at this point in the season, like, sort it's, it's good <laughs> to get him, like, experience. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, I mean, who knows? Uh, he he could end up on the playoff roster along with Gavin Sheets, too, just because, I mean, guys like Brian Goodwin uh, aren't safe, I would say. Danny Mendick definitely isn't safe because no. he's been up and down all year, yeah. so. I mean, the only guys who are locked in is probably, like, I mean, I don't even know if I could say Billy Hamilton is fully locked in, but he has, like, a special kind of role. I would say Garcia is probably locked in just because, you know. He's been there and done that. Yeah, exactly. What else was I going to say? I had a thought. Hold on. Mm -mm -mm -mm. 
right, sorry, uh, keep going. Yeah, uh, another another thought I had about the team was uh, Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, I'm fifth <laughs> starter question. <mark? laughs> uh, I don't even know. Uh, Dallas Keuchel has gotten like gradually worse as the years gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, he had like a a month and a half or so where like he was okay, you know, but he was still like not nearly to the the par he was last year. So, yeah. but Reynaldo Lopez just came out and just dominated whatever role he's been put in. He's been a spot starter. He's came in and thrown five innings in relief a yeah, few days ago. perfect innings. Yeah. yeah. And like, literally five innings, no hits, no walks, seven Ks. Like, yeah. I mean, what else can you really ask for out, yeah. of, out of a reliever? Uh, and <laughs> I'm happy that he's going to get a few starts where he gets to actual pl- actually plan to be a starter and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. well, I think it's only just one start now that I think about it because Lance Lynn's only missing one. But either way, I, I'd like, I like to see him get – some more reps, right. than, you know, on, the, like on the arm. <clears throat> maybe because he's not a starter now, there's a little less pressure, and that's why he's thriving. Like, there's got to be something to that, you know? What yeah, I mean? he. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe he, I think it could be something where he like he's kind of going out there like he has nothing to lose, and mm-hmm. like I kinda mean, like Rodon. Yeah, it's not yeah. like anyone really expects much out of him or expected much out of him when he like came when he came back up because mm-hmm. he had a seven and a half ERA in AAA this year, so it's not like he was. He went down there and he was proving himself that he needs to be on the roster. He just yeah. kind of got called up circumstan- like out of cir- circumstances. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty interesting to see how he just kind of locked in and has been in a groove ever since. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then outside of that, just some of our key guys, you got Grandal, Luis Robert, and then um, Abreu. I mean, every every August, though, Abreu is <laughs> just like it's, it's absurd how yeah. good these guys are right now. It's literally Abreu's August every year. <laughs> I mean – he got to 100 RBIs again. I think six out of his seven full seasons, yeah. some, something like that, that he's yeah. had 100 RBIs, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah, third Sox player ever to have six 100 uh, RBI seasons, along with Paulie and Frank, so pretty good company, I'd say. That's insane. Carrying on the first baseman's legacy. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, there's not much – I mean, that's kind of what you expect Abreu to do at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going for his third consecutive RBI yeah, crown, which his, he'd be the first player since Cecil Fielder to do that. Yeah, his he uh, his OPS has been slowly creeping up uh, throughout the month, obviously. So mm. he's he's creeping up in a 900 OPS, which is a gr- like great, obviously. What's his slugging percentage right now? Uh, over five, maybe in the, like 540s, 550s. Mm. Uh, I mean, I could fact check that, but. Uh, a few other players have also came out the gates running, coming back from injury, uh, such as Yasmani Grandal. Oh my gosh, I mean, man. it's just like it's he's just, just raking. Like, he's scheduled to walk once a game at least, and scheduled to hit a home run every game. At this point, it just yeah. feels like yeah, like literally, literally every time he's at the plate, you're like, well, he's not chasing anything, and if he gets his pitch, good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and then Moncada, I don't know if he had a hit yesterday, but he was on a 15. yeah, I believe I believe he, he had a double. So it's a 16 game hit streak now for Moncada, even though he's had his struggles this year you know yeah i mean i feel like people are just like overreacting because he's not like been performing as well as some of the other key players you know yeah he i mean he's just very hot and cold sometimes and sometimes Mm -hmm. the way like he uh he can go about his at bats it'll look like himself yeah yeah, it'll look like he's not even like trying but i think that's just how he is though yeah you know what i mean like he He's very patient at the play, and he'll be very conservative sometimes. And sometimes he'll get rung up, rung up on some bad pitches where he knows that he uh, 
that he was correct on like his judgment of the pitch, but the umpire doesn't see it that way because mm-hmm. they're not perfect, obviously. Yeah. So people will get mad at stuff like that. But that's just the kind of player he is. is. You got to accept it. You it's know? not even his fault either, especially if the pitch isn't there. You know, he's doing yeah. what he's supposed to be doing. You just got to take the good with the bad. Honestly, like there's not much you can really like you can do about it. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's just had he's just been notoriously uh, getting rung up on bad pitches. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, he's just a naturally patient hitter. That's kind of how he is. But he'll always play great defense. Um, I mean, that's that's really all you really need out of him, honestly. Like, our lineup is good enough. He's he's still hitting above league average. He's mm. been one of our best players on our team all year. Oh, yeah. And he's also played through injuries. Like, I don't think people put that into consideration enough, honestly. Yeah, I agree. And he, uh, you're, um, what's it called? And then Mankata, I mean, defensively, he's been fantastic this year, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, he he might be like a, f- f- I mean, he's got a three point four uh, B WAR right now, but he could eventually get up to like a five, which is amazing. Like yeah. that's basically all star level, and you really can't ask much more out of someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, for sure. I think people are just kind of unfair about him. He he takes the most heat on the team for some reason, besides Keuchel. But I mean, yeah, like it's just, the uh, most unfair heat, I would say. Yeah, for sure. By by a long shot, I'd say too. Um, yeah, for sure. Even with I think Geo kind of fits in that category too. A lot of people yeah, are just yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, destroying him because of his record or like if he has a one bad outing or something. But yeah, they uh yeah I don't I don't understand. I mean, that. he has he, one of the highest K rates in the league. That's what I'm saying, and it's not like his stuff went away. It's not like he was getting hit all that hard. He would just give up a ran- like some random long balls, or he would lose his control in an inning. Mm-hmm. That's something that can be worked on, especially with a guy who's been there and done that before. You know exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel pretty promising about where we're at right now. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, another crazy stat I wanted to bring up with Yasmani. Uh, he has over a 500 on base percentage against left-handed pitching this year. That is... I believe it's, like, almost close to 520. That's absurd. It's literally, like, Barry Bonds level. Yeah. I mean, I know it's only against one side, but still, either way, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude's getting on base more than half the time against lefties. So yeah. It's just, like... Yeah, and that's he's having power one side. of the weirdest <laughs> seasons of all time too. Oh yeah, he uh, he has the lowest. Uh, I think yeah, he has the lowest batting average of all time. Uh, or yeah, if the season ended today, he would have the lowest batting average of all time for someone with a 900 plus OPS. Mm-hmm. I think he has the biggest gap between batting average and on base percentage uh, of any player ever. That's crazy. Yeah, at least that's how it was earlier in the season. But yeah. Um, I mean, the batting average has rose a little bit, but it's still not yeah, very good. Th- it was at 207 the other night. Yeah, so. I think it's even higher now. Really? It's uh, creeping towards the 230s, if not already there, right. which is very promising. I mean, but I don't really care about the batting average. Anyway. means nothing, you know. Oh, it's 210, my bad. <laughs> but That's fine. I mean, who cares? The OBP is 403. <laughs> That's all that matters, honestly. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we should get to the uh, – <laughs> The bullpen situation. Yeah, for um, sure. So, the Sox, obviously, we weren't recording the podcast at the time, but the Sox went out and made some huge moves at the deadline. They mm-hmm. acquired two Cubs relievers and a second baseman. Uh, they requi- they acquired Ryan Tapera and Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs, like mm-hmm. in two separate deals. Uh, Ryan Tapera was for um, Connor Pilkington. He's a col- or he's a yeah he's a minor league pitcher. Nothing too crazy. And then for the Craig Kimbrell trade, obviously he was the best reliever in baseball all year mm-hmm. before before the deal. So and he has another year of control. So it's gonna it's obviously gonna be a big package. So we had to give up Nick Madrigal, 
our future second baseman, or he used to be our future second yeah. baseman, and Cody Hoyer, who is one of our more like promising young relievers, I'd yeah. say, even though his stats haven't hadn't been all great at yeah. that, that time. But uh, I, I mean, overall, I I think that deal was worth it. Oh yeah, for sure. And Cesar Hernandez is just he's. Like, I know that's not part of the Cubs deal, but just, like, yeah. replacing Nick with someone like that. I mean, it's like he's, like, so much better defensively, I'd say, than Magical. And yeah. then at the plate, I mean, he's been a little hot and cold, but he's definitely serviceable in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think uh, he's got a little more pop. Obviously, Madrigal's oh, the sure. better player. Yeah. But Cesar is just about league average and above average defensively i would say so yeah for sure i feel perfectly fine with it and magical wasn't going to help us this year so no. it doesn't hurt as much because this helps us get better this year mm-hmm. like fully and we'll have another year of being able to just go for it which feels nice but i mean a lot of people were questioning what kimbrell's role would be because obviously we have two of probably the top three closers in baseball mm-hmm. uh so like how do they share that role but they've both been pretty open like welcoming with each other and like haven't been too like alpha like i want to be the ninth inning guy like like who are you like you know what i mean yeah but yeah they've been pretty uh respectful about it and i mean craig kimbrell's had some ups and downs in the eighth but i think it's just an adjustment period in my opinion for sure i mean you come to a new team new league you know what i mean it's just like it's kind of a different feel especially when you like come from being the closer and then you have a guy like Liam Hendricks on your team you're not coming in in the ninth all the time anymore you're coming in in the eighth you know it's just like a different role you have so yeah for sure I yeah I completely agree with that I mean to be honest with you Craig Kimbrell's like numbers with us are so inflated because he got lit up by the Cubs twice (laughs) yeah literally maybe three times I'm not sure yeah um but yeah, against the Cubs, his stats are two and two thirds, six earned, a twenty-four ERA, and a three WHIP. That is horrendous. <laughs> but against everyone else, I mean, the Cubs know him, though, you know. <laughs> yeah, against everyone else, he's had nine and two thirds, three earned, a two point nine ERA, and a point seven WHIP. So I feel like that's perfectly fine. Like that's perfect. Like that's pretty solid, actually. So, oh yeah, for sure. I mean. As, as long as we don't face the Cubs in the playoffs, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and I, I don't think we have to worry about that this year, at least. Yeah. Or for the next three years. I mean, you never know. <laughs> Pat Wisdom maybe could carry the team <laughs> to greatness. but uh, yeah. And then with Liam, too. I mean, he had his struggles uh, over the past month a little bit. But, you know, yeah. it's like you, you you can't expect them to be perfect all the time, you know? Yeah. a lot of uh, Some home run issues, I would say, for the most part. Against the Yankees. Yeah. Um, that was frustrating. But he did come out and say that uh, him and his wife talked, and uh, they feel like he was tipping pitches, and he noticed right away. So he made that correction, and he's been strong ever since. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that actually was the reason. I mean, if we play, if we play the Yankees again, we'll see how – I mean, we'll see if it was legit or not. I mm-hmm. mean, who knows, because they seem to be picking up on that sort of sign, uh, and he agreed with it, so – I mean, I'm going to take his word for it, and he's been solid since. So for hopefully sure. hopefully that was just a small hiccup and I'm on the season. St- I, even though we're 1-5 against the Yankees this year, I'm still not too con- – like, no. I'm not concerned about them. You not know at all, I mean? honestly, yeah. Compared to the other teams in the AL that I kind of am a little scared of, uh, they're, they're the least of my worries personally. Oh, yeah. uh, I just don't think their pitching staff is good enough. Um I think their bullpen is kind of inconsistent and can I, fall apart. I think their lineup's a little inconsistent too. Yeah, to they honest. have a lot of they have a lot of swing and miss in their lineup. Besides, like DJ Lemayhew, but <coughs> you got Gallo, you got yeah. Stanton, you got Judge. You know, it's yeah. just like even even Rizzo. Yeah, 
and they can they can get cold pretty quick and that's kind of the uh the engine to their whole team oh yeah no like doubt. the anchor almost because they have Garrett Cole but then after that I mean they've had they've had solid pitching and the starting rotation overall I guess but I just don't know if I can trust them compared to the other pitching staffs especially in, in come playoffs yeah, yeah exactly sure. like I mean, teams I mean, like the Astros. Yeah, the Astros know. just, they're just so solid all around. And their yeah. lineup has so much less swing and miss and has just as much power. So it's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just got Bregman back also. So that's yeah. pretty frightening, in my opinion. Uh-huh. And they they also had an under the radar deadline move with Kendall Graveman, who's been one of the most solid relievers in baseball, too. He's just not the most like sexy name, obviously, but mm-hmm. he still gets the job done. So that's a little frightening to me, honestly. Yeah. And the Tampa Bay Rays are just the scrappiest team ever. I, it doesn't. It yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. only you can't even explain why they're. I mean, they have good players, yeah. obviously, but it's like they've just mastered the platoon. Yeah. Yeah. Even pretty much with their pitching staff, <clears throat> like with openers and mixing and matching and playing matchups and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, they're they're just so far ahead in advance compared to everyone else as far as analytics go. So right. It's credit to them, but it's it's pretty it's pretty frightening to look at. To be honest with you, like in the playoffs, like as far as like all the management goes. Oh know? yeah, for sure. I mean, last year they were able to kind of sneak their way into the yeah. World Series, and they put yeah. up a decent fight. I mean, they they have a tough division too, so. Yeah, and they're kind of running away with it right now, which yeah. is kind of crazy because wow, eight games ahead. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, they even they, after the Yankees went on their winning streak. Yeah, they haven't they they haven't had the worry the whole time. They dominated their own August too, but they just nine and one in their last ten. So. Yeah, they just find a way to be so underrated all the time. I don't understand, but it's, yeah, who knows? I, the Sox on paper are, I mean, a top three team in the league, like talent wise, I believe. So, I mean, we can beat anyone. It's just it just depends on. You know uh, how the cards go. Who gets hot at the right time? That's exactly. how. That's what October is about, usually. So, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. So, I I mean, we can move on to the Cubs a yeah. little bit. Um, uh, <coughs> over the summer, they basically just blew up their entire team. Yeah, they had a, a a massive fire sale, which contributed to one of the most eventful trade deadlines of all time. Yeah. Basically fueled by the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. They literally traded away. Javi Baez, and they traded away Anthony Rizzo. They traded away Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson. Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell. I mean, I'm probably forgetting out Jake Marisnik. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, like, the day after the trade deadline, like, the I saw the lineup on Twitter, and all the replies were just like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty funny. It was brutal. Yeah, I mean, with that, though, you do get a chance to, like, to give some under-the-radar guys or maybe some guys who never really got a chance, like, some extra reps and mm-hmm. some extra playing time to see what they can actually do, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, A few of them have been good, Yeah, too, so. yeah. Uh, Rafael Ortega has been pretty solid for them. Uh, I'll, he's been a diamond in the rough. All these guys are, like, pretty, like, old as far as baseball Yeah, like goes. late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, for them just to be getting a chance now. Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy. Like, Rafael Ortega debuted in 2012 as a 21 year old then didn't play again until he was 25 and then took another two years off and like it's it's kind of crazy he's bounced around the league he's been a journeyman in the minors and all that stuff and all of a sudden this year in 75 games he's had an 832 OPS and been pretty solid for them I mean he can play all the outfield positions uh he is 30 yeah I believe he's 30 oh he's 31 yeah he's 30 years old Mm -hmm. uh so he's not the youngest guy ever, but who knows? I mean, maybe he becomes a, a solid s- staple in the lineup for them. 
for at least the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because mm-hmm. they they don't want to call it a rebuild uh, as far as the Cubs front office goes, like Jed Hoyer and the, the Ricketts family. But oh, yeah. uh, so I mean, if they call it a retool, then I mean, if they are good in a couple of years, he could be a piece of that team. You know, yeah, for he's, sure. He's a solid lefty bat who. Uh, has some decent pop, so mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Uh, he could be pretty solid for them. Uh, and then another guy that they acquired for uh, Andrew Chafin from the Athletics was uh, Frank Schwindel, mm-hmm. who's also 29 years old, but he's been pretty solid for them also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 117 at bats this year. Uh, he's he's had a 340 on, uh, batting average with a 390 OBP and a 629 slugging. So I mean. It's pretty solid. I mean, these are this is with the Cubs, by the way, because he played like eight games for the A's. But yeah, yeah, he's he's been really solid for them all year. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Well, not all year, but since the trade deadline. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's Anthony Rizzo's replacement, <laughs> new captain. Could be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to say at this point because everything's so fresh and new with these players. But um, I don't know. It's gonna. I mean, they're not gonna be good for a couple of years no, anyway. No. So it's like whatever but yeah but it's, it's if they can hold these guys like onto these guys you know and they they, yeah. s- they still produce in a couple of years they could definitely be key pieces to a playoff team yeah it's it's nice to find some uh some under the radar guys who mm-hmm. maybe didn't get a chance like that's always a good story i feel like mm-hmm. especially like with guys like patrick wisdom also who's been a, a rookie of the year candidate i mean yeah he's not like he's very young either but He's been very solid all year. He's been definitely their best hitter, I think. Oh, yeah, by far. Uh, and he's been doing it longer than everyone else because he was getting playing time before they even blew it up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got a, a 900 OPS, basically, in 84 games. I mean, I he mean, popped off against the Sox, right, in the last series? Yeah, or? he's got 25 home runs this year. I mean, he doesn't walk very much, but, I mean, either way, he's still like, he's got some pop. He's mm-hmm. He's 30. Yeah, and but, he, I mean, he he mashes the ball too. Yeah, so. but I mean, who cares? You know what I mean? Because he he's a former first round pick. Uh, I mean, sometimes it just takes time for guys to figure it out. I mean, Justin Turner is a prime example of it. So, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, for sure, I think I think he has the best chance to stick on the team. Personally, I do too. Uh, I I like him a lot. And then uh, a guy they acquired was uh, Cody Hoyer mm-hmm. uh, from. The White, the White Sox. Sox. Uh, he's a promising young reliever, I'd say. And then uh, with Madrigal, too, you know, maybe they have their future second baseman if they decide to hold on to him for a while. But Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Madrigal's also going to be a really solid player for them. But mm-hmm. I just don't think they're going to... I don't. I don't know. I. I was. I was fine with giving him up just because I feel like his ceiling isn't nearly as high as the other guys that we could have gave up. Oh like, yeah, for sure. I much preferred to get rid of him than Crochet. Yeah. Just because Crochet's a lefty, at worst a sal a really good lefty reliever, and and he could also become a starter eventually because that's what they want him to do. So mm. I. I'd much rather take a risk on that upside, even if there is injury risk. I agree because with Magical, like he's not the best defender and there's only so much he could really do at the plate you know what i mean like yeah. he's he's good at the plate don't get me wrong he's fast and he's a contact hitter but i don't know he's just yeah. like he's a good leadoff guy like basically for sure um but like you said his ceiling's just not ridiculously high yeah and uh with cody hoyer which is another piece they got which is pretty underrated i would say i, I like him a lot um he he's been solid for them actually in 13 games and uh, with 15 innings he's had a 1.2 a ERA. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strikeout numbers are a little down and the FIP is a little high as a result, but I think I think eventually he'll uh, he'll be a solid closer for them. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's always had the good stuff. He just got behind on hitters a lot, especially with us. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how their rebuild goes because they have a lot of money to spend. Who knows if they're actually going to spend it? But, I mean... I I mean, there's talks of them getting, like, Javi Baez back after this year. And, you know, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um... I said we can move on to some Bears football. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's probably the most exciting yeah. um, topic for me, at least. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, we just closed out the preseason, finished 2-1. and one. Biggest story, I mean, Justin Fields. You yeah, know? that's literally the whole preseason, yeah. the story. Honestly. I don't think anybody's really paid attention to anybody outside of that player <laughs> on the no. field. No, I mean, we had some some uh, other solid <laughs> players on like that, l- that are nice surprises, like mm-hmm. every preseason, but... I mean, all eyes are on the QB. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, that's whenever your team has a young quarterback, that's all everyone wants to look at. Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. I, I personally was impressed with how he, how he did, to be oh, honest yeah, with same. you. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, he did more than he needed to, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, it's One thing that impresses me a lot with him is that he never really makes the same mistake twice, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if something happens, like, against the Bills, did you see that hit where he just got smoked and yeah. the helmet flew off and stuff? Yeah. It's because he forgot to check the coverage or check the blitz or whatever. Like, uh, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's identifying it. Yeah. <coughs> and uh, he, he didn't do that again after that. Mm-hmm. So he learned from his mistakes, and he, he just keeps his developing. Stats, his stats under pressure are fantastic. Yes, yes. He, which uh, is just crazy for a rookie quarterback that hasn't even had any actual NFL like game time playing. Yeah, he almost he almost got better with the pressure, which is so impressive because that's a such a veteran thing. Mm-hmm. But he I just, mean, it just he has a feel for pressure and he knows when to stay in and he knows when to scramble. It's just, exactly. It's awesome to see. And his pocket presence is just so so good. He's uh, very poised. Yeah, exactly. And he it's not like he's ever looking to run, but that's always like he's going through all his regressions and then he runs. You yeah, know? and he has that in his back pocket yeah. if he ever has to because he's still a really exactly. good scrambler too. That's such a sigh of relief because with Mitch it was always like first read gone, then he starts <clears> to <throat> panic and can't get through the rest of his reads without like getting happy feet. And making a bad throw or just taking off, you mm-hmm. know, like not to not to harp on Mitch or anything, but you know what I mean. Like he just. But we're gonna harp on Mitch a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, because yeah. it's. I mean, how you kind of have to compare them, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you have to talk about what you had before, right? And you can't talk about Nick Foles because Nick Foles is Nick Foles at this point, so there's and no point. <laughs> I mean, same thing with Andy Dalton, you know. Yeah, I mean, I do think Andy Dalton's better than Nick Foles. But oh yeah, like, by it's far. Just like. Like, what is Andy really going to give you, you know? And this whole, I like, Nagy saying he promised him that he'll, he'll start. And then you see, you see like, Cam Newton get cut from the Patriots. And Mac Jones is starting. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is starting. I'm pretty sure Zach Wilson, is he's probably starting in uh Yes, everyone, literally, uh, I would say three out of the five are starting. Uh, Trey Lance probably would be starting, but he got placed on the COVID list right before the season. So, oh, it's man. like... Dang, he, that 10 days would, is kind of hurting a little bit, yeah. I would say, because I think he was really close to just taking the job before the season even began. Mm-hmm. But uh, besides that, yeah, I mean, everyone's going to start. Uh, Trevor, yeah, Trevor, Zach, and Mac. So <laughs> It's just like, I don't know, it doesn't even make sense because I feel like if Nagy wants to keep his job, he's going to put Fields out there. You would think, one, yeah, you know? but it's it's almost like he, he feels like he has a sense of security. Yeah, I, do, I, don't, I don't understand that at all because yeah. he's had subpar seasons and then just like 
managing the team. We we don't have a playoff win under yeah. him. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm rooting for the team to win, no matter who's under center. But mm-hmm. a part of me is hoping it's a Deshaun Watson type entrance where uh, Andy Dalton gets to play a half and then just gets pulled. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, that doesn't happen all that often, but. It it would be nice, but I I think <laughs> even with Cam struggling and everything, like him getting cut before the season started, that really surprised me. No, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, like, I don't. It's just it's crazy. I I mean, Bill Belichick definitely is willing to put the best players on the field. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't think that he would just be willing to just throw him out like that. Yeah, you know? at least keep him as a backup or something. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm surprised honestly, but. Mac Jones did impress me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie in his games, uh, he had a lot more zip on the ball. It felt like I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just felt like he just yeah. He, he just, actually looked good. Yeah, he he was able to throw some tight windows, mm-hmm. and his pocket presence. I don't know. I feel like people talk down on like his athleticism and stuff like that. But I didn't feel like he was just because he's got a dad bod. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel like he was a complete statue though. I feel like he can he can move a little bit. That's all you really mm-hmm. kind of need is to be able to just move up in the pocket. Like and just exactly. dash away from pressure, pressure a little I mean, bit. You know, some of the best quarterbacks of all time aren't very mobile. So it's like, no, you know yeah. what I mean. I mean, both Mannings, Man- Br- and Tom Brady, Brady yeah. Drew Brees. Yeah. I mean, uh, most most quarterbacks. I mean, like fifteen years ago, that was all. That was what all quarterbacks did basically, right. besides like Michael Vick. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I I'm kind of interested to see how that offense works because last year with Cam, it was pretty stale. A lot of read option. A lot of Basic eye formation, halfback dive, <laughs> and he kind of could, just couldn't throw the ball. Like, no, at all, no, they accurately. they didn't have a v- very much of a vertical passing attack. No. So I'm wondering if that opens up the run game more, and uh, ha- opens up a seat like a, a big season for a guy like Damian Harris or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like interesting to see that, and then Nagy's just sticking to his word, and it's like. I understand that in a sense, but like I feel like to keep your job, you need to put Fields out there. Because I, I mean, after the preseason, it just that kind of just shows that we have the best chance to win when he's on the field. Yeah, know? he made some like extremely impressive plays. Like yeah. the way uh, his last touchdown that he threw was like unreal. Like, yeah. I don't understand how he just get, he just zips the ball in there like that mm-hmm. over over his head like ba- like barely good enough for him like where he could only catch it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I don't know where the defender can't reach it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, Andy Dalton still claims it's his team, and then yeah. it's just funny how the fans react. They'll boo Dalton when he's in the game, yeah. and they'll give Justin Fields a standing ovation. Yeah, a part of me does have sympathy for Andy Dalton in that aspect because it's like. They they signed you to come play. Yeah, like what else are you supposed fault. to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, it's not like he said anything that like made them want to hate him. That he just auto he was just automatically hated just because because we know. drafted Justin Fields. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, on the podcast, I remember when we signed um, <coughs> when we signed Dalton, and yeah. we were like, "What are we doing?" We were not. Yeah, we that was kind of a grim podcast. We were a little bit down, I yeah. would, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were kind of like, "Well, uh, what now?" Yeah. But then we got Justin Fields. Obviously, we were pretty joyous. But, I mean, now we're just kind of like waiting. A, yeah, we're in like a waiting in, game. Yeah, we're in a stalemate right now yeah. with the Bears. So. Uh, and a couple other people that I wanted to touch on as far as uh, preseason goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasper Horstead, the tight end out of – he went to an Ivy League school. I want to say it was Harvard, which okay. is kind of funny. Uh, yeah, he uh, he was – he had a really good game. Um how about the one-handed touchdown? Yeah, I know. He he was he actually the one who caught that Justin Fields touchdown I was talking about. Oh, he went yeah. to Princeton. My bad. Okay. But 
uh, yeah, he. Uh, I don't know. He he's pretty impressive. Um, he may take end up taking Jimmy Graham's spot at some point. You think so? Yeah, uh, he's got he's kind of that same kind of player where who's the other Jesse James too. Yeah, okay. I like him a lot. Um, he's been an underrated acquisition, honestly. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I I feel yeah, it was the Lions that cut him. I'm not really sure why. I mean, I know they have T.J. Hawkinson, but he's a solid depth tight end. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I feel good about our tight end group this year. That's for sure. Uh, Me too. I was looking at the roster, uh, I think, yesterday, and I was like, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. And that's not even talking about Cole Komet, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's true. our best tight end. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Travis Gibson, uh, he was a fifth-round pick last year or something about like, something around that area. He was a, a mid a mid to late draft pick last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he didn't really do much uh, his rookie season. Uh, pretty quiet, honestly, but... Uh, this this year in the preseason, he's been he he dominated. To be honest with you, uh, he had the highest PFF grade out of any pass rusher in in the preseason. So wow. hopefully he can break out and uh, take Robert Quinn's spot in the starting lineup. Because <laughs> yeah, Robert um, Quinn's kind of that signing was kind of turned out to be a mess. Yeah, I not a very big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, tra- yeah, Travis Gibson was a fifth rounder, but okay. he uh, I don't know he Robert Quinn is just why, but. There's just not much you can really do about it at this point. The money's locked in, so he's just kind of you kind of got to hope he it has reminds a resurgence. Me of that, it reminds me of that player. You saw the game where, like years ago, it was Eagles versus Redskins, and Michael Vick was the quarterback. Um, and then the one the Redskins like defensive tackle, he just stayed on the ground. Oh, you know who I'm talking about? I mean, I keep wanting to say Albert Hainsworth, <clears throat> but is yeah. it him? It could be, but it was just like he was really good earlier in his yeah, career, yeah, yeah, and then they signed yeah, him yeah. for all this money, and yeah, he's yeah. just staying on the it ground. It was definitely like, Albert Hainsworth. That gives me Robert Quinn vibes, <laughs> for sure. It just seems like he's – I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say a player's unmotivated, but, like, I don't know. You yeah. know Quinn no, just yeah. looks so stale out there. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just lost a step, and everyone's just giving him <clears> unnecessary – Like Danny hate. Trevathan, I mean, he's lost a step, too, obviously, yeah. but – I mean – yeah, it's just for the money that both of them are paid. Robert, I was gonna, I wanted to say Robert Griffin. I don't know why. <laughs> Robert Quinn. I was just you got the Redskins Griffin. on my mind. Yeah. I guess. Oh, the football team. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's a good catch. Censor myself. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> oh, what's it called? The the yeah, the Robert Quinn signing just it just hurts. That's that's all I got to say. Yeah, it was just not good. Yeah. I mean, you win some, you lose some, though. You know what I mean? So yeah. Hopefully Travis comes up and makes up for all that money, even though he's on a rookie contract. But yeah. you know what I mean. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but besides that, uh, we've had some notable cuts slash trades. Mm-hmm. Um, Desmond Trufant. Uh, well, actually, we'll start with the earlier ones. Uh, Anthony Miller traded to the Houston Texans for mm-hmm. or Houston Texans uh, for a pick, yeah. uh, a late pick. I mean. It just kind of had to be done at some point because it just he it wasn't working. Yeah, he was just continuously in the doghouse, and there's no point of having him on the team if nothing's going to come out of it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I mean, he was a solid player, kind of. I guess, yeah. but like the potential was there. He was just kind of. I don't know if he's a head case or he's just kind of a headache in the locker room. I feel like. Yeah, he would just make mental mistakes. He was yeah, he was very talented. Uh, had great route running and good hands, but he would just have mental drops. And he would just have lapses in judgment where he would do something stupid like trash talk a player and get a penalty yeah, or, or get, get something. Ejected from the game. Yeah. and Or, I mean, forget what route he's running or run the wrong route or forget the play or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. And 
he he would cost the team and he would get put in the doghouse and there's just for a former second round pick to be doing that still in his third year like it's just time to time to get out yeah you know? time to move on for sure yeah I mean I and wish Jav- him the best Javon Williams kind of I mean he's he kind of fits into that category of being in the doghouse you know he's kind yeah. of a aggressive player but he didn't really do anything positively on the field for the team I feel like just in no, general he had a few he had a few like. Uh, okay games where you made a couple of catches and stuff, but besides that, he really didn't make crazy amount of impact. And the, and the drop in the playoff game was just yeah, that was kind of the icing on the cake, honestly. Yeah. And then, I mean, obviously, like the ejection and stuff, all that stuff that doesn't help. But right, uh, I mean, he stayed on the team for a few years as a seventh round pick. I mean, I, I would say he's not like a complete like buster. No, yeah, I mean yeah, seventh round sure. picks most of the time don't even make the team, so right. pretty impressive in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, going along with that, uh, the Bears finally narrowed down their fifty man roster decisions and uh, were forced to cut. I mean, he was most likely going to be a starting corner, Desmond Trufant, mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately, his father passed away a few weeks ago, so. Uh, he he didn't show up to camp afterwards and kind of just stayed with his family. So he kind of forced the Bears' hand, and they had no other choice. So, mm-hmm. I mean, well wishes to him, but it does kind of hurt to lose him because I don't know who's going to start on I, the other side next yeah, to Jalen Johnson. I don't know. I have no <laughs> clue. Like, it's not going to be great. Yeah. Um but we're gonna they're gonna have to figure it out, I guess. <laughs> uh they cut they also cut uh draft pick this year, Daz Newsom. Mm-hmm. Uh but he'll probably be on the practice yeah, squad. Yeah, he'll be on the practice squad, he'll clear waivers. Uh he's still a de- developmental player. Um yeah, I mean they uh speedy they, guy. Yeah. He's a solid wide receiver. Who mm-hmm. knows what'll be. Uh Ridley Ridley got cut. I mean, he never really did anything no. anyway. He no. uh he was known as Calvin Ridley's brother, and uh, that's about it. That's about it. Yeah. I think he outperformed him in the national championship game or something <laughs> when they played each other. I didn't even know that. Honestly, that's yeah. pretty funny if that's the case. Yeah, because it was Georgia Bama. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember, and I'm, I'm pretty sure Riley had the better game. <laughs> well, I uh, can't say that was a <laughs> that wasn't a fluke, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, yeah, he uh, he didn't really do much for us. Uh, he did. He was a healthy scratch most of his career. So, yeah. I mean. Well wishes to him also. I mean, he'll, maybe he'll end up somewhere else on a practice squad or something and work his way up, but yeah, probably won't be with the Bears. Yeah, definitely not. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, along with cutting and trading, uh, cutting slash trading four wide receivers, they signed a newly cut Brashad Perriman to a one-year deal for, uh, coming off of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Lions gave him $2 million guaranteed in the offseason to be one of their top receiving options, and then cut him before the season ended. Did they ended. say why they cut him? No, uh, I'm not really sure why they gave him guaranteed money if they weren't going to be sure about keeping him. I mean, him that's like one place. of the best deals for him that he could have made. Like yeah. $2 million guaranteed doesn't have to play a single down in the regular season. Yeah, I'm not really sure how he got cut from that team looking at that wide receiver group. Just looking uh, at the team in general. I mean, yeah. they. I genuinely think the Lions are going to be the worst team in the league this year. Uh, yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't really understand that. Um Quentin Cephas is one of their starting wide receivers, so I don't even know what that. I've never heard that <laughs> I don't name even know in my what life. That is. <laughs> yeah, uh, they don't have a very they don't have a very uh, good group there. I would say uh, they do have a solid draft pick in Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC, but besides that, not much promise on that mm-hmm. wide receiver group. I mean, their ru- their running backs are okay in Swift and Williams, but having Jared Goff as your quarterback is just it's 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 not going to be good. Oh no, not at all. I mean. 
pretty brutal, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he was, I mean, the only reason he was even relatively successful is because of the system he was in in L.A., and I'm convinced of that. And I think the Rams are going to be a much better team this year because they have an actual good quarterback in Matthew Stafford. So. Oh, yeah. Jared Goff was holding that team back, and I firmly believe it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like that goes without saying because the Rams had to give up Goff and a first-rounder. Like, Goff was almost like a throw-in yeah. on that trade. So, like, the fact that was the case, I'm even, I'm honestly shocked the Lions stuck with them. Like, they're not, yeah, they didn't take a quarterback this year in a yeah, loaded class. very, very confused. Didn't really make any sense to me personally, but. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they're kind of a train wreck of a franchise. They've ruined two superstars' careers already, so. Yeah, I don't understand why they they decided that Jared Goff is their guy, because clearly, like, in, a, in like, one of the best possible systems with one of the best defenses and great weapons. He still he struggled still, to succeed. Yeah, he would. He was just getting by, yeah. and that was as a result. It was a product of his environment. Exactly. So That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. So I don't really understand that, but I mean, it's the Detroit Lions. Uh, you can't really sit there and knock them too much because that's just kind of the they way that they run themselves. their organization at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, it's okay. <laughs> like, it, Lions are just going to be the Lions for the time being. I mean, who knows? Dan Campbell could be turning them around eventually, but not seeing the vision so far, I'll say that. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's kind of, like, he's known as a pretty intense coach, too. Oh, yeah, biting kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> and he was hyped when the, the team was fighting in practice. <laughs> yeah. A little uh, odd. Got to bring that philosophy. I uh, guess. <laughs> I mean, whatever works. <laughs> clearly, whatever they were doing there before just wasn't working. Their, so. their four wins this year are going to be hard fought, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> four is honestly generous. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just, see what happens. I'm an optimist, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and another QB battle I wanted to get to was uh, Jimmy G and Trey Lance because mm-hmm. I feel like that's just pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Trey Lance looked pretty impressive. I will say, I thought I was kind of on the boat that he needed the city year, and he yeah, would. Because I feel like he's just the way he plays is a work in progress, you know. Yeah, like I, I felt like he would just he hasn't pl- he sat out basically a whole year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help, and he only started one year in college. So I thought I was under the impression that he would need to sit, but he's came out and ran it pretty well. Like, and like he slinged it out there. Sounds like Mitch to me. One year in college. <laughs> Honestly, Mitch did come out hot in the preseason, I will say. But (laughs) being in the Kyle Shanahan system will probably benefit him a lot because they'll have a top, I mean, mean, maybe the best rushing attack in football. Uh, So that'll help him so much and take the pressure off of, along with the solid weapons he has around him. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So I think think he's ready to take the reins, personally, because I think Jimmy G is pretty limited. Uh, Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, Yeah. He's just like... He's kind of Jared Goff vibes sometimes. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Like when they went to the Super Bowl, like that had absolutely nothing to do with Jimmy G. Yeah, like both did, of them went to the, the Super Bowl. He did the bare minimum. Yeah, in similar systems with a, a great running game, yeah. uh, solid wide receivers all around, and solid great defense. defenses. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I mean, and both good coaching. Yeah, and both of those teams decided to take the next step this year and take a quarterback that could put them over the top because you can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs playing that way. Or even the Buffalo Bills, I feel like, at this point. Oh, yeah. Know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I mean, like, because you, you have to have some sort of high-powered offense as far as, like, as the passing attack goes. And both of them lost and struggled severely in the Super Bowl, so. Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah I I agree. Uh, they're all trying to catch up to the Chiefs and the Bucks right now mm-hmm. because they're so explosive and – if you get down a couple touchdowns, it's kind of hard it's to come wraps. back, no matter what your defense is like. You yeah, know? for sure. 
So it's pretty interesting. Uh, this far, the last preseason game, I believe Jimmy G had 14 snaps and Trey Lance had 10. So they were coming in and out of the game during drives. Yeah, I remember you talking about that. Which is pretty weird. Odd. Yeah, I, I haven't seen something like that. Maybe it's just a preseason thing. Maybe Kyle's trying something out. I mean, he's kind of a... He's probably like he's a pretty one, revolutionary. Coach. Yeah, he's one of my favorite coaches in the league. So I I, I respect his football mind a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm respecting whatever he's attempting to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Trey Lance struggled a little bit against the blitz and under pressure, which is normal for a young quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I believe sure. he was like five for fifteen. So he wa- he didn't do all that great. So obviously he has things to work on, but his tools. And his talent is just so much better than Jimmy. I feel oh, like yeah. his ceiling's ridiculous. Even if, yeah. even if he's learning on the fly, I think he's still better than Jimmy. I agree. Because <laughs> like you said earlier, Jimmy is just a ridiculously limited quarterback. No, yeah. Because you can – I mean, with Kyle Shanahan's really good at doing and so is Sean McVay also. He's really good at splitting the field in half. So what you can do is you can run, like, bootlegs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can – as he's rolling out to the right, he only has to look at half of the field. So – he he doesn't have to go through as many reads, which right. is what Nagy kind of had to do with Mitch, but he didn't do it obviously as successful. Nor right. was Mitch able to execute it anyway. But mm-hmm. that that's basically how he could probably integrate him into the offense, along with running the ball, probably over fifty percent of the time. So. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, Niners they might surprise people this year. Yeah. Oh, and also they're like one of the biggest screen teams ever. Like, oh yeah. Like the Debo Samuel like. And that Brandon Ayuk, like, just yeah. bubble Ayuk, screens man. over and over again, just pick up, like, six or seven yards. It's literally clock. I really think Ayuk is going to have a great year this year. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that later, him. but, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we can move on to the Blackhawks. Um, they kind of just, like, I don't know. We were kind of just hating on them <laughs> later in the season after we, were, we kind of destroyed our playoff chances by just being absolutely horrendous for the last couple months of the season. But they went out and they actually, like, made some moves you know what i mean yeah i mean they were yeah they were we were extremely down on them it was kind of funny honestly like thinking back on it because we were all like like at the beginning of the season we were so optimistic and then we became the most pessimistic people ever oh yeah for sure oh they went out and got goalie of the year last year best goalie (laughs) in the league mark andre fleur he's 38 years old but i think we only plan on having him for a year or two it was funny when we got him too because he didn't know if he was wanted (laughs) to play or retire he had to like talk with the team we traded we traded for him not even knowing because i think if he decided not to play we would have been stuck with his money anyway yeah so hopefully that was just well i mean it doesn't matter now but like i'm thinking that was just smoke yeah Yeah. just because they didn't want to announce it right away but yeah i think (laughs) And we got the goalie of the year, and I still don't even think that was our biggest acquisition, which no. is crazy. Yeah, Seth Jones, I mean, multiple-time all-star, young defenseman. He had, like, not the best year last year, but um, last year was just an odd season in he's general. He's got the track record, though. Oh, yeah. his. I mean, he's young enough, and just defense is what we've needed because our defense has been struggling so badly For lately. Sure. So Yeah, I, uh, the, I've heard the advanced alit- analytics don't like him as much, but... Everyone who watches the game and knows the game says that he's a good player. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's just one of those guys that maybe the analytics don't pick up on what yeah. he actually brings to the game value-wise. I think we definitely overpaid for him a little bit, but, yeah. I mean, that just that comes with it sometimes. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, he got locked up long-term at mm-hmm. least, you know. Which is uh, good. He'll be a he'll be a cornerstone for the defenseman <coughs> for a long time. Especially losing a guy like Keith, even though he is already up there in age, 37, 38 yeah. years old. He's still a solid player. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he let us in ice time as a 37-year-old. <laughs> guy which, which is, is ridiculous absurd but, yeah. 
But, um, yeah, he's on the Oilers now. I mean, it was time to move on because I feel like the we're kind of doing an actual retool. Like what the Cubs are calling a retool, yes. that's what the Hawks are doing because they're holding on to Taze and Kane, yeah. who are like the two guys that have just been there through it all, and they want to push for one more cup, and I'm all for it because yeah. Taze is supposed to come back this year apparently um, yeah. after last year. He had a weird like autoimmune disorder or something. Yeah. But um, it'll be good to have our captain of our team back. Kane still putting out every year just MVP numbers. Um, was voted at the SB's best NHL player in the league. I, I mean, I don't really agree with that last year, but I'll take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then getting Tyler Johnson from the Lightning, too. Very solid player from the repeat champions of the league. Like, the Lightning sure. have pretty easily won back-to-back championships. Yeah, for sure. He brings that championship pedigree to the team. Mm-hmm. Along with... I think with the retool, I like I like what you were saying about how the Blackhawks are doing more of a retool than the Cubs because obviously you got to shave a little bit off the core when you're doing a retool because if you keep everyone together, you're not even really doing anything. You're just right. staying lateral. But with shaving a little bit off, getting a little younger, getting a little better, you mm-hmm. know, uh, locking up guys long term along with keeping your main two guys, yeah. I feel like that's a good recipe because it's adding a little bit of flair along with keeping what worked before. And, you know? and when people think Blackhawks, I mean, the two players they think are Kane and Taze exactly. every time. You know, so keeping they've them been together, that, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps the pedigree of the team together, and there's clear leaders around. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost. It's almost like the White Sox trading away their key their key pieces, but they still kept Abreu, and he just kept that pedigree of the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Like so, when they became good, I mean, obviously Taze and Kane have won championships before, and Abreu yeah, hadn't been to the playoffs. But mm-hmm. You you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same thing. And and like Taze and Kane are still in their early thirties, so they still have some good years left. So, um, for sure. And then the reason we, like, even had Colleton and we replaced uh, Quenvo with him is because he's, like... Um, still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I don't. I mean, I don't I don't agree with it in the way they went about... Because they had Quenvo on Bar, uh, the Barstool yeah, podcast. Yeah, Redline Radio. And yeah. they, like, he found out through the... Like, they didn't call him or anything. Like, it was That's just... ridiculous. And, know. yeah, and there was uh, a death close to him, like, right before that, mm-hmm. too, and they cut ties with him around that time it just and, and Bowman just like a crappy situation Bowman was like he was praised when he came here for all the moves he was making but just like I feel like after the Quenville thing he's kind of had some um dark clouds over his yeah. name um just just the way he handled that situation I mean Quenville is one of the best coaches of all time won three championships for the city and just the way they got rid of him it was so odd yeah a lot and of people were not a fan of it the one like criticism that they were having is that coach q couldn't develop younger players which is why they bring in colleton which i mean he didn't have much experience in rockford which is our ahl affiliate he is a younger coach and i guess he gets through to younger players better but i don't know it's still up in the air if he has what it takes to take this team to the next level yeah i agree um i mean who knows maybe it's because he hasn't had the greatest team but mm-hmm. you I mean, at least he gets a shot, I think, this year, at, at least being, like, a, a bottom-tier playoff team. We'll see how what the expectations, like, coming yeah, it's are gonna, close it's, to the season. I'm very – there's a lot of uncertainty about this yeah. year. I'm, I'm happy about the moves we're making, but uh, we just locked up Connor Murphy yesterday on a four-year extension. He's one of our top defensemen, so that's good. Um, so him and Seth Jones will be a good duo on defense for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we have a – in the playoffs – 
either I think it was two years ago we had the youngest team in the playoffs so it's like we're not an aging team really no 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 we have a few older guys but um overall yeah. I mean our future is pretty bright and we've like like we were talking about before we've shaved off a little bit of the age too mm-hmm. along with that so yeah so I it's mean, like a, it is a true retool I'd say yeah exactly mm-hmm. um I think that's good for the Blackhawks yeah the Bulls I mean <laughs> I think they surprised everybody this offseason yeah I mean Karnasovis I mean what else can you really say? Mark Eversley and uh, AK have done an amazing job at just turning the round, the turning around the whole team in literally a matter of a year. It's ridiculous, honestly. Not having guard packs anymore is just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, uh, Pax is still there, but he's like off to the side, and I mean, whatever. Like he has no say in anything. Yeah. I mean, as far as like roster construction wise, so I. Uh, I'm perfectly content with where our front office is at this point, and I'm perfectly content with where our team is also at the same time. Me like, too. I mean, especially in the East, which is the weaker conference, I mean, we've kind of already just made ourselves a, like a mid-tier playoff team in the East before the season even started, I think. I mean, we yeah, went, yeah, yeah. went out and got Lonzo Ball, which is huge. We've been preaching this, I feel like, for a couple of years now. If we could get yeah. a, a true point guard like Lonzo Ball, I mean – He's just gonna he's gonna run the pace of the team, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. I I love uh, the contract that we gave him. I love everything about that deal, honestly. Mm-hmm. As far as the sign and trade goes and everything like that. Uh, yeah, yep. I, I mean, he's just the perfect complement to Zach Levine, honestly, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. he's he obviously likes having the ball in his hands because he's a great distributor. He doesn't need to take all the shots. He he's willing to set up his teammates. He's unselfish. He's yeah, he's willing, a true point guard. Yeah. He'll get his hands in the passing lanes. He'll uh he'll play great defense. I mean, there's nothing else you could really ask for. He's great on the fast break. So I mean and his shooting is only getting better. Right. So I mean, that's a great signing in my opinion. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. And then DeMar DeRozan, I mean, he's been an all star player, I'd say is his whole career and yeah. if he was if he was in the east every year like that he wasn't with the spurs he'd still be an all-star every year i feel like you know what i mean yeah, like he's he, had a few years where he was just snubbed from the all-star team yeah exactly uh he's he's been really really good i yeah. mean like he averaged over 20 points per game last year and he was super efficient while doing it also he mm-hmm. just he was just, just on a spurs a, team that was kind of boring yeah <laughs> yeah and they're like they're very stale like Low tier playoff, high tier not making the playoff team. They're like a nine seed team. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that. And then we got a, a sort of a spark plug uh, and Alex Caruso off the bench, mm-hmm. uh, who's a solid scorer. Um, Very exciting player to watch. Yeah, uh, he's he does a lot of he has a lot of highlight plays and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited. Oh, he's a he's a also a bit of a meme. Uh, it's kind of funny to have a player like that on your team. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I love that so <laughs> much. I feel like Alonzo like. He doesn't really fit in that category, but, like, he's kind of like a – just like a, having a character on your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. everybody knows Lonzo. Like, it's just – it's cool to have these big-time players on our team. Now. Yeah. Now, like, we're a team that people actually pay attention to. and it's Just because of the names, have. too. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you know. And then everyone's starting to notice Zach Levine as being, like, uh, one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah, he just so. signed with um, one of the, the – Clutch Le- Sports. Yeah, with the, and yeah. LeBron's with them, too. So Yeah, well, uh, R- that's Rich Paul's agency, which is LeBron's agent. Right. So, yeah, it's – I mean, everyone's taking note. I mean, especially with him playing in the Olympics, winning gold, yeah. being a big part of the team and all that. That's, yeah, all-star this past season. Yeah, and, just, uh, and he was also credited to being one of the main recruiters of these players. So it's Really? Pretty, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw something about him talking to DeMar DeRozan, I believe. Really? So, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, DeMar DeRozan also has some pedigree with uh, Vucevic. Uh, Nikola yeah, Vucevic, they were the, uh, teammates in college. Yeah, right? USC. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. I mean, our starting fives, it's it's not bad. You yeah, know? yeah, and Mark Eversley also has a former relationship uh, with DeMar DeRozan, so that's he also had talks with him and stuff about coming over. So mm-hmm. it's pretty. Uh, Pretty pretty dope, honestly. Yeah, it's very dope. <laughs> like I, I I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I think our, uh, the starting lineup of Lonzo, Zach, Demar, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic is so athletic, so talented, and I mean could beat most teams. Yeah. To be honest with you, uh, especially with Patrick especially Williams continuing East. to get better, yeah. uh, Lonzo still being young, getting better. I mean, that's perfect to me. Uh, we also. We did let go of Laurie Markkinen. I think it was time, though. Yeah, know? no, 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 for sure. Uh, I like what we got, honestly. Uh, we got we. It was a sign and trade with the Cavaliers and the. Oof, I forget. But we got Derek Jones Jr. and then um, mm-hmm. a protected first rounder, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, perfect with me. Right. Honestly, I didn't think we were gonna get, get very much for him, but we got a solid player to come off the bench, and then another uh, kind of highlight dunking player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, oh, it was with the Blazers. Uh, okay. Yeah, Larry Nance Jr. went to the Blazers. Uh, we got Larry Derek Nance. Jones Jr. and a protective first-rounder. And then uh, the Cavs got Laurie Markkinen. <coughs> I think Laurie's a solid player, but he just never really had that killer instinct for me. Yeah. I feel like that's what I preached. We both talked about a lot. Mm, I mean, uh, he was averaging 15, so obviously he's a decent like NBA player. But yeah. he just... I don't he just know. Ha- he's very passive player. I feel he's like he's very talented. Uh, he would just kind of disappear from games sometimes, and mm-hmm. it was kind of frustrating to watch because it would be like, like, why aren't you being the alpha? Yeah. You know, especially like around the time where uh, him and Levine first got into the team together. Like, it was supposed to be them too. Yeah, you know, and they, he just kind of never pulled the Levine clearly the took the wheel. You know, no, he kind of peaked like his first year. Honestly, like he. He came out so hot, and you always felt like he was always going to get a little better and then a little better, and then over time and just become just a stud. Happened. He just kind of stood and was, like, stuck in the mud, mm-hmm. you know? For sure. Which is unfortunate. I mean, he's not a bad player. He's pretty solid, actually, but just kind of sucks to see, you know? Yeah, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as the Bulls go, I, I think they'll be, a, like like you said, a mid-tier playoff I team. think, like, a four-seed, five-seed, yeah. maybe, because mm-hmm. you, you still got Brooklyn, you still got Philadelphia, um, I mean, I guess you could say like Boston. They'll be fighting with yeah. uh, uh, Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta. Who, el- who else? <laughs> who else is up there? I feel uh, like the Bucks. Oh yeah, Duh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know we're forgetting a team, but NBA like, champions. Like a small, yeah, a small part of the part of the league. I'd I feel say. like <laughs> I feel like we could beat out Boston though. Boston had an odd no, year yeah. last year. Uh, yeah, I mean. It's just, yeah, I, I just kind of threw them in there because they're always there. And then yeah. I guess Miami, they got Kyle Lowry. So yeah. who knows? Uh, they, they got a, they're a pretty gritty team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knicks are okay, too. Yeah, but they're the Knicks. Yeah. I, I'm not really, I mean, I'm not too worried about yeah, them I personally, agree. you know. Yeah. Um, they got some good players, but I think we're better and more well-coached, even though. Oh, yeah, I agree. I love Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's, Tom's that guy. but Yeah, for sure. I like Billy Donovan though, mm-hmm. but I, I, it's just it's just nice that we filled a lot of holes that we had this offseason. For sure, I I think we're definitely the winners of the offseason, in my opinion. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, we we kind of wheeled and dealed pretty well all se- all offseason, mm-hmm. and then uh, we also drafted Io Desumu, so I just kind of wanted to bring from that up. U of I, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, second round pick, uh, pretty solid player. I think he can be a a good backup point guard. 
mm-hmm. or a good backup guard in general with Kobe White. So yeah, because yeah. Kobe White's definitely not. I feel like just I don't know. He's not starting point guard material no, for the NBA. He gives me uh he gives me good six man uh, energy though. Like as I far agree. as like being a spark plug and going out there and running the second offense and mm-hmm. just getting buckets. Oh yeah, I feel like he could easily do that. Oh yeah, for sure. Because he can, I mean, he can get buckets. I mean, that's never been a question with him. It's just whether or not he meshes with Zach Levine because they both need the ball in their hands, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to, I'm very excited to see the Bulls this year. Like, for I'm sure. actually excited for the first time in years to watch the Bulls. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, and then we wanted to move on to some fantasy football. Mm-hmm. Like, just some slight advice, uh, just in case you haven't had your draft yet because the season is coming up. Right. Um, I have another draft this Sunday, so I'm <laughs> yeah, excited for I've, that. I have a few. Uh Let's see. Uh, yeah, we got some sleepers and busts that mm-hmm. we both came up with. Yeah. Uh, and these aren't, we don't know for sure, but, like, you know, this is just kind of yeah. our opinion. In my humble opinion, I yeah. would say. <laughs> uh, Jacoby Myers uh, is one guy that I like, especially with Mac Jones starting. Oh, um, yeah, that's uh, having having Mac Jones as opposed to Cam Newton starting, I mean, that just that shoots yeah. his value up, like, Yep. So much. Yeah, and uh, he, even with Cam last year, he was kind of a target machine for a lot of the year. Honestly, mm-hmm. he was getting a lot of targets. He just had he wasn't scoring touchdowns and not getting that much yardage. So, watch out for him. That's all I got for sure. Say. I think if if Justin Fields could start relatively early in the season, Darnell Mooney might be a, a nice flex to have in your league. Um, yeah, for sure. We'll see how much I I think he should be used because he's an extremely underrated route runner. Um, just a, an ex- a very solid receiver overall, you know. I agree. Um, I yeah, I think he's got huge potential. It just depends on the uh, volume of the offense as a whole, you know, how mm-hmm. many yards are actually going around. Because I know Nagy said that he wanted to use Montgomery a little more this year, but yeah. um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another guy that I really like is Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of instilled himself as the alpha there, and he was paid to do so, so... I like He's in uh, with the Jets, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and Zach Wilson has looked very solid. I don't know about Zach Wilson's fantasy value like in general as himself, but mm-hmm. because rookies tend to make mistakes and have down games and stuff, mm-hmm. but they also tend to latch on to a certain receiver and they'll just hyper-target them. So Very true. I think that could very well be the case with Corey Davis, mm-hmm. and, and he had, he'll he be had, on the field. So There was a lot of potential there in Tennessee, but it didn't really work yeah. out that well. Yeah, he was a he was a top six pick, I want to say, mm-hmm. in, in the draft. So, yeah. I mean, he's always had it in him. Yeah, uh, for so sure. It's just, I think he's he's he got a lot better his last few years uh, in in Tennessee, but I think he's ready to take the next step to be oh, yeah, for sure. at least a solid wide receiver too of your team, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then another guy I had was uh, Chase Claypool. I think he really made a name for himself last year. Yeah, uh, out of Notre Dame. I mean, if you literally go into a lab and decide what you want a wide receiver to look like, it's Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's six foot five. He can run and jump with the best of them. I mean. Like what? What else can you really ask for? He's got good hands. Yeah. Uh, he he got a solid amount of targets last year. Not nearly as much as Deontay Johnson, but a lot of his targets had a lot more air under him. You know, like mm-hmm. they were a lot more deep targets. And, oh yeah, for sure. And I I feel like he's just on the brink still, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a second year wide receiver, so he he's gonna take everything he has. And Juju's kind of taking a back seat anyway. Yeah. So. No, he he's a slot receiver, so he's just kind of all his targets are so like. Like inside the chains, you know. Mm-hmm. So like five yards. Yeah. Like so those watch five. out for Chase Claypool in those big plays this year. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another guy I have another Patriot was uh, Damien Harris. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
self-explanatory with Mac Jones uh, coming in to uh, to the fold. Um, he he's gonna get a lot more red zone opportunities as far as rushing attempts because Cam Newton was always running the ball in himself, so it kind of would take away. And with Mac, there's some chemistry there, you know. Oh Alabama yeah, teammates. didn't even think about that. Yeah, uh, he. He he's also looked solid, and they got rid of Sony Michelle, so he's just kind of like a lone man. Yeah, there. he's the guy there right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I had him last year in fantasy. I've been, I mean, ever since he was drafted, I've been pretty high on Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's a dynamic player with the ball in his hands, and he's a solid route runner. And Kyle Shanahan's pretty crafty with how he gets the ball in his receiver's hands, like with screens or like like we've seen with Debo Samuel. Short routes. And yeah, even exactly. when they had Marquise Goodwin, they're they're both yeah they're both very good at just being dynamic with the ball. So that's the kind of receiver they look for, and uh, I'm very high on him also. To mm-hmm. be honest with you. Uh, that should do it for our sleepers. Some potential busts. This is kind of me, at least, not for Joey, but Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. I just feel like the last couple of years he's been up and down. And with Dak coming back too, um, I mean they're they're better together. I'd say, but I don't know. It's just he's he's so like I don't know. There's a lot of inconsistency there. I feel like with Zeke. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I. I just like that the volume is there, and mm-hmm. I think that he'll get a lot, a lot more targets this year with Dak. But I, I can understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one we agree on was uh, Derrick Henry. You, that was more your point, but mm-hmm. I, I also agree with you, honestly. It's just like having the 2,000-year season. Obviously, he had one of the best running back seasons of all time last year, and he's he's done it. He's led the league, what, two years in a row in, in rushing? Yes, it's just for a guy this big to keep it up like this and the volume that he's at, I just I don't see it being sustainable, especially as he's approaching like his being 30 years old and everything. It's like yeah. running backs just don't last that long and aren't in their primes that no. long. You know what I mean? One of these years he's going to have and he's either going to get injured or he's just going to lose a step. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd prefer to not have him in that year. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like no, I'd, exactly. He's, he was kind of off my draft board. Personally. Yeah, same. And there's not a whole lot of receiving, like, um, you know what I mean? Like he's Yeah, no, he doesn't catch the he's ball. He's just like a whatsoever. pure rusher. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he gets fed so much, but yeah. he doesn't have, like, a – he doesn't have like a crazy floor because he's not catching many passes, so right. it kind of hurts his value. Right, and he's not very versatile. So if yeah. you take that away from his game, like say he gets a leg injury or something, it's just like his career might be over. After yeah, that. it's like he he <laughs> he had two thousand yards rushing last year, and he still wasn't even the best running back in fantasy. Oh yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous because it's like how like because he has no floor with the receptions or the targets or anything like that and that's mm-hmm. so key in fantasy football mm-hmm. nowadays and then another guy you put on there was uh kenny galladay because i mean he's yeah. on the giants now and his ceiling can only yeah. be so high i feel exactly like. and he's been consistently hurt yeah so when he played with detroit help. i mean he had matt stafford obviously but it's like he was good there he's very good yeah i i agree uh he he would always make very good contested catches and mm-hmm. And just basically bully people into the touchdowns and yardage and receptions. Yeah. So but just being in in New York and yeah. just with a subpar quarterback. Yeah, and other options there just doesn't really help us in case. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. Who are uh, there other? They have Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, uh, Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's not saying much, obviously, but yeah. it's just at the same time it's like and Darius Slayton also, oh, yeah. but at the same time it's just like I don't. And see, with Saquon too. Yeah, so. I don't see him being like. A wide receiver, like I mean, a clear wide receiver one. Yeah, I don't yeah. even see him being like he's like a wide receiver three in fantasy for me. Yeah, honestly, I don't. For sure, I don't see him being too, being too great. Mm-hmm. And then Dallas Goddard, 
is also a guy that I don't believe in. Uh, like I like it. I like the talent. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I like that he's very good at football. But besides that, he's got nothing much going for him. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts uh, being the quarterback won't give the offense like a crazy high-powered feel. You know, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the passing side of the ball. Yeah, exactly. The, I don't know if the passing yards are really going to be there and. He's still splitting with Zach Ertz. Yeah. Like, people tend to forget that Zach Ertz is just kind of chilling there in the shadows, yeah. like, Even taking though away he targets. he used to be pretty elite, but it's like no. now he's still got, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's just he's just there enough to be annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? There's going to be games where Zach Ertz catches the touchdown, and then Dale Scott just kind of there, you know, mm-hmm. getting, like, five points <laughs> in, in PBR. For sure. So it's just kind of, I don't know why he's being drafted as high as he is, yeah. to, to be honest with you. Yeah, we'll see what happens, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think that should do it for yeah. this week. Um, there was a lot we had to cover because we just missed a lot. There was probably a three, four-month gap between episodes. But um, thank you guys for listening. This week you'll be able to find this episode on the uh, library SoundCloud. And uh, we're going to post it on the Glacier too. So stay tuned for that next week. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.